back to Judging Book Covers podcast, a bi-weekly book club podcast where we are going through our 2019 book challenge list. I'm Megan Griffin, and as always, I am joined by my amazing co-host, Stephanie Cortez. How are you doing? Doing okay. A little tired. A little tired, but, you know, the week's half over. <laughs> it is, yeah. and not to pull the curtains back too much, but tomorrow's Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> which is always fun. Yeah. Have you been? I'm good. I'm good. I uh, did a virtual book release party today, and that was an experience. So awesome. I uh, was kind of panicking about it, but it went really well. <laughs> I'm glad that it went well. I like that. that was fun. Yeah. Um, so before we get into what we read this week, let's talk about what we read during the weeks uh you were going to read like water for chocolate yes and i knew this was not a new one for me but i didn't remember much about it man did i forget the longing that is this book (laughs) oh it's basically about it's a family the father has died so it's mama elena and her three daughters Tita's the youngest one, and apparently there is some bullshit tradition in this family where the youngest daughter has to take care of the mom until she dies, which means she can't get married. (gasps) Whoa. Yeah, and Tita falls in love with Pedro, and he marries her sister (laughs) to basically be close to her. That's still bullshit. That, no, I don't, mm mm-mm. It, you should read it. <laughs> I want to, because like I was telling you before we started, someone else mentioned it this week. Mm-hmm. And so now, I mean, I was already curious, but now yeah. I'm even more like, if it's going to keep popping Ooh. up, it's time for me to read it. Yeah. And you asked me if there was a sex scene. There's a couple. Just a couple? There's a couple. There's one that jumps <laughs> to mind that I'm wondering if that's the one, but I can't say anything about it because it'll be like, it's a, it's a good moment of like, okay. oh my God. <laughs> okay. I may need something like that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it. The talk of all the food was great. Oh, yeah. Good. Love yeah. good food talk. Yeah. It's framed around recipes and stuff, which is cool. So, I yeah. like when people can do that, like, and, and make it actually work and flow. There's a couple of, like, cozy mystery series that, like, do recipes in the back. And I was reading like number 24 of a series because I was so curious. I think there's a TV show about it and that's what I caught my eye. Literally every chapter has like four recipes and I was like, oh, no, this is too much. <laughs> this is a cookbook that you kind of wanted to make a story about. Mm, okay. Yeah. This will like, there's a recipe at the beginning of each chapter, but it'll like tell you the, it'll tell you what it is. It'll tell you the ingredients. And then usually the first couple paragraphs are like your prep work Okay. Then it launches back into our story and why, most likely Tita, because she spends a lot of time in the kitchen, why she's making it and how she's doing it, what they're talking about and what's going on in life. And then it'll kind of mm-hmm. slip to, and then you do this and she did this with the, blah, 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 and the oven, or not the oven. That's but. amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's really good. Definitely recommend. It was nice. It was a good read. I was sitting on the train at a couple points like, oh my God, like I forgot some things. <laughs> <laughs> Like that sex scene. And then it started to come back to me, like, as certain things were leading up to it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, thankfully, you've had practice reading sex scenes. And Oh, wait, maybe that's just me. Hang on. <laughs> nope. The, um, something, the inventor. Oh, what Romancing was the inventor. Romancing. You did read that on the yes, train. I do. Yeah. Train. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you do have practice not making funny faces. I still yep. do. I don't know. I'm just going to this. So what did you read during That Was Not For The Podcast? <coughs> I read The Witches Are Coming uh, by Lindy West, which will, by the time this comes out, be out. Um, it is her new collection of essays, and it is about the political climate and how we kind of got here. Um, tracing it back to some different things that we've kind of all grown up with or our generation has grown up with making it funny. Also like it, it doesn't read as desolate, which I was mm-hmm. a little worried about, but it is, it's, it's been really good. I haven't finished it. I think I have like four more essays left because um, laughter at the Academy took me a little bit longer than I expected, mm-hmm. but like, one of them was talking about how like there's all these articles about like what millennials have done and what we love and what we hate and what we destroy and all those other things. Yes. It was like, you know what millennials like millennials like the movie clue. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that movie. (laughs) Fucking love that movie. (laughs) And, uh, and then she also talks about like, Adam Sandler movies and like loving Adam Sandler and like looking back on him now as an adult and realizing like how much this shaped so many men that are in our generation. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh God. Yeah. When you frame it that way, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yep. Now it's like, Oh, that light bulb. Huh? Fuck. Yep. 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 (laughs) It's okay to have anger management problems because you'll, like, find a sport that'll take it and you'll suddenly be the best at it. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I can see it being, quote unquote, very polarizing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think you'd enjoy it. Nice. Also, the cover is gorgeous. It's like this ombre yellow to red mm. with the words. And then it's got, like, I don't know if it's paint splatters or something, but it's on a black background. It's gorgeous cool um and actually reading that while also reading the book that we read for this week um had a very striking contrast like i i'm glad i did it this way because i don't think i would have noticed as much um so there's an essay in it about Charles, no ted bundy Mm. and it was like everybody keeps calling him charming and like all these other things. And like, you know, it it basically leads into an article on how like white men basically don't have to do anything. And their bar is already set much higher with Mm -hmm. this whole charming thing and everything. And then it's like, okay. And then I turn back to the devil in the white city, which is what we read for this week. And it was all about how HH Holmes is like the most charming man on the planet. And attractive, which... Oh, so attractive. I just... Re- did him? you look at pictures? I did. Because I was like, I'm, I have an image in my head, and I'm like, that can't be the same guy, because everyone's like, oh my god, he's so handsome. No, I had the right image in my head of what I remembered him looking like. That was right. And I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, especially the this fuck? one with like... The mustache where his mouth kind of open. Just I'm just like, like super doofy, oh, like this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, that guy could sit in one of the college classes I was sitting. I yeah. was in, you know, like he they and probably would look exactly the same. Yeah, 
but maybe he was like maybe it's just a different time and maybe. I mean it was a different time so maybe just the standards for I don't know but also maybe he was super charming because I am one who I will find you more attractive if you have a good personality same same good personality I, makes up for a lot of I, things but I do feel like you need to be somewhere on the on like yeah on the scale of attractiveness for me for me for then that, that to happen <laughs> Yeah, and, like, the way that they talk about him is a lot of red flags. It's yeah. like, oh, he would just get really familiar, and all the women were like, this just might be how Chicago does it. And I was like, oh, no. No, no that is not okay. Also, fun, I went, I Googled, because I wanted to look at this picture one more time, <laughs> and apparently Meghan Markle is related to A.J. Holmes. Oh, I saw some articles that she and I was like, I don't, I'm not going to, I'll look at I mean, like, if that's true, cool. Uh, It doesn't mean anything bad about her. Yeah. I'm sure it's probably, like, fifth cousin removed in-law craziness. Eight cousins. Jesus. (laughs) Which is honestly probably the level that I'm related to on, if we're being honest. Yep. (laughs) (sighs) Nice try. And they're all, like... If you're using that to stop their wedding, I mean, like, okay, he's probably somehow related to Jack the Ripper. Fun yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, the book we read was, again, The Devil in the White City and uh, by Eric Larson. Uh, it came out in 2003, and we picked it. Our topic was true crime. And had you read any other true crime before this? Uh, mm. Hmm. I did the audiobook of I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh, yes. Oof. That was one. Um, and I feel like, I feel like as a kid, I did. <laughs> I remember reading one. I, it was, do you remember the story of the mom who said someone broke into her house and killed two of her kids she I, she might have had only two I can't remember cut her but she lived um, got away and then on the kids birthday or something she was at their grave to like celebrate them and shot like silly string all over okay no. <laughs> damn it what's up um, I feel like there was a book I read when I was in high school about her cause and, like the silly string thing um is like always stuck with me because there's like a video of it. Like, news. did she end up killing them, I or did they end up finding that she killed think, them? I don't think she was found guilty. Um, let's see. Okay, mom, silly string grave apparently pulled up something. Yes, this is what I was gonna look for. Debbie, Darley. Oh no, my bad. She was convicted and sentenced. Okay. Wait, what? <laughs> So that must have been before she got convicted. (laughs) She was convicted of one and not the other. Yeah. And she's like, I feel like there was like no dust on the windowsill or something. And they were like, you said he went out this window, but. mm. Oh, interesting. I'm looking at the books about her. And if there was a 1999 book, Precious Angels, a true story of two slain children and a mother convicted of murder. Um, that accounted for her guilt. The author has since changed her mind and now supports Darley by donating all the income from the book what? to her family. 
So it has it come out to say that she didn't do it? Mm. As of 2019, testing still ongoing. Yeah. How many kids were there? Because I swear there was... Wait, is she dead? No, she's still alive. No, she's still alive. She's on death row. Okay. There was a baby. So that happened in... What year did I say that was? It was 1996. Jeez. Her husband filed for divorce in 2011, saying that the decision was mutual and very difficult, and he still believes she's innocent. He said wow. they decided, this is according to Wiki, but whatever, said they decided to divorce to end the limbo that they had been in since her arrest and conviction. Jesus. I mean, <laughs> it's a good thing she's still alive. Like, if they're not, if there are issues or if there's something that they think can actually prove it, but good Lord. Yeah. So I remember reading that. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think I've done a bunch of true crime. Besides yeah. that. Yeah. How about I you? I haven't done. I haven't done a ton. Um, I've definitely done In Cold Blood, which mm-hmm. is kind of like. It, I think it's viewed nowadays as like the start of true crime. But I think it's mm-hmm. more of the start of true crime is like fantastical mm-hmm. yeah. books. Um, and I've also done I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Um, I did Parkland this year, which is not the same kind mm-hmm. of true crime, but was also very interesting. Yeah. Um, and then I did Furious Hours, which is by Casey Kep or Sep, um, which is about Harper Lee mm-hmm. writing her own true crime book that never got published. Oh, wow. But is related to this because... It is about a guy who um, was a guy in Alabama in, I think, the 70s. It might have started in the 50s. But either way, it was definitely in the 1900s. And he kept killing family members. And they kind of figured it out because of life insurance. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Like, the field of life insurance is insane. Oh, my Um, God. And then it, like... You you know this from the beginning, but like he got accused of like the last person that he apparently murdered, and someone shot him at the the funeral or at the ceremony after the funeral, or whatever. And that guy actually got off. Oh, got found wow. that, not guilty. Yeah. Um, so that one was was bizarre. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's not something that I I necessarily read. Um, or even like seek out anymore. Like I used to listen to some true crime podcasts, but Same. like it's a little bit too dark <laughs> for yes. now. I've had definitely stepped back and yeah, yeah. I've gone back into it a little bit. The podcast um, with the train rides and stuff. But now that it's dark, when I'm I'm like I'm not listening to this while I'm gonna oh, walk home in the yeah. dark. <laughs> that's, that's definitely smart. I'm always in populated areas, but still. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, there are plenty of them that'll tell you that's not necessarily right. Thing. Yeah. So. Um, what'd you think of this one? Um, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. So I knew about him in his murder murder castle. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I knew until Chris was reading this book a couple of years ago that this took place during the World's Fair, and that's kind of how he did this sort of um, or what helped him kill, like fill the fill the castle with people and then like pluck some people off. Um, 
I thought it was interesting to just see like what's going on in the world at the time of the murder castle. Mm-hmm. I like that because sometimes it's so easy to just. It was like kind of like in school, like you'd be like working and on like in history class, like what was happening in Spain in this year, but not thinking about what was also happening in America in this year or like other places. Right. So it was kind of like that, where it was like, yeah, what was happening in the world around him um, while he was doing these things. So I liked that. Um, I had a maybe a little. I didn't realize how much they were that he went into the everything that went into the world's fair and getting everything all yeah oh my god like i don't know how they finished <laughs> still i read the no, book i still don't know insane. how <laughs> yeah did you learn about the world's fair in school no i didn't either it's such <laughs> an important thing yeah i saw that some... like <sighs> and they still go on apparently really it's called like an expo now or something because yeah i was oh. like trying to google it because i wanted to see something I, there was a picture of something that i was trying to see um and like yeah i i think um either there was one this year or one next year but it's like hmm. they're planned out for the next like few um uh oh the next one um united arab emirates has been selected for world expo 2020 Wow, okay. Uh, Argentina is going to have it in oh. 2023. Okay. And Japan in 2025. Ooh, I want to go there. <laughs> I yes. just want to go back to Japan. Um, but no, I didn't learn about it when I was in school. I do remember being somewhere with Chris, some, maybe it was when we were at the Smithsonian, where there was like a little setup of what the World's Fair, like, yeah, how it looked, like a little miniature. And I was like, okay. But I definitely didn't learn about it in school. Yeah, I didn't either. And it seems like, a big enough deal like it's kind of a it, it culturally like this is a big thing and I guess there were other things going on in the 1880s that we needed to study but also I don't remember because <laughs> they also talk about like a recession and everything which I didn't strike a chord with my history memory same so, yeah I was like oh <laughs> I mean, I knew there were ebbs and flows, but, like, I didn't realize there was one kind of close to 1930s, which I guess is not that close. I think that's still 50 years, but still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea how they finished this. Actually, uh, one of the notes I made, because this book kind of ends with talking about, or actually, it also starts with how, like, by 1912, almost everybody, actually, in 1912, everybody who was involved with building this died or mm-hmm. but had died by that point and like i made a note and was like sold their soul to yeah. get this to work because like how else did it happen and and even like the talks of like making it a success just seemed like it wasn't going to happen yeah and then they all started dying and yeah bit insane yeah And then there's even a third kind of storyline we woven into it that I didn't realize was there until there was a there was definitely a turning point when I was like, oh, he's going to kill someone. Yeah. And I didn't know anything like the name didn't sound familiar. I didn't no. know anything about the mayor. I was like, I think you're going to murder the mayor, but I don't know. Let's see what yeah. happens. <laughs> didn't realize like the World Fair kind of ended with the fact that the mayor had been murdered and like they had this big event planned that ended up into turning into kind of a big memorial service funeral mm-hmm. thing. So 
which is it's crazy. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it starts kind of in um, 1889 um, when Chicago is like named the second largest city and this is shortly after the Eiffel Tower's gone up and they've decided that they want to recognize 400 years since Columbus landed and founded America. Not founded, but found quote unquote America. Um, And they're going to have the biggest event in the world. And where are we going to have it in the U S and I love that they're like, New York wanted it. Chicago wanted it. St. Louis wanted it. And they're like, St. Louis is like that redheaded stepchild that Aww. you're just like, oh, honey, you tried. You don't have a chance. <laughs> yes. It was going to always be one nice of those going. two. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that this book kind of has that discord between New York and Chicago. I've actually never yes. been to Chicago. Have you? No. And I want to go. Yeah. It's on the I list. Me too. Yeah. I've flown over it mm-hmm. because... I've been to the airport for a connecting <laughs> flight. <laughs> yeah, we flew in like a little Seneca over it. And um, I knew, okay, they call them the Great Lakes. And I'm like, yeah, cool. It's a lake. It's cool. You know, whatever. <laughs> Never realized that like it's called the Great Lakes because you cannot see the other end. They're like huge. Yeah. Like, I was just like <laughs> they're a big lake. It's cool. We got big lakes. How much bigger lake can they be? And like flying in a small plane over it was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you cannot see the end of this. This is really cool. It's like, <laughs> dumb egg. <laughs> um. So they petition, and it's decided in the house, right? I did not write down who decided what. I just wrote down the date of the announcement was February twenty fourth of eighteen ninety. <laughs> <laughs> um. It, would, it was definitely the government. It was either mm-hmm. the Senate or the House. I can't remember. Yeah. And, like, I think it was, it had to be, I don't remember. It, there were a lot of votes, so I feel like it's leaning towards the House. Mm. But, uh, and then there was, like, all this lobbying espionage. Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. So much back. a lot. <laughs> back and forth of, like, who got this vote, and now we're waiting on this. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy that kind of, I guess, was in charge of everything was a guy named Burnham. Um, And he uh, was authorized to give 10 architects um, a commission of $10,000 to kind of design this. Um, And and then kind of pick, I guess, pick and choose from that. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of names and a lot of going back and forth. Yeah. But it, it took me a minute. Uh, to kind of get a grasp on who everybody was. Um, I didn't realize Central Park was that young. Like, I yeah. guess it's only barely 130 years old, somewhere mm-hmm. in there, um, which is crazy. I guess that I always just assumed Central Park was there. Right. I mean, I knew it was designed, but much older than that, I guess. Yeah. Because the guy who was in charge of that, what well, that was Olmstead. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, Burnham makes him the the, mm, super. No. 
Yeah, Burnham makes him the supervising landscape architect, and then he makes um, his friend and like part business partner John Root uh, the supervising architect. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought getting a little bit of their background was interesting about Burnham meeting. Um, John Sherman, the superintendent of the Union Stockyards, and then he hires their firm to build his house, and Burnham meets John Sherman's daughter, and they, like, fall in love, get married. Yeah. And then John Root designed a house for John. It's a lot of Johns. Uh, There's so many Johns. <laughs> John Walker met his daughter, Mary, fell in love with her, but she got sick with tuberculosis, Mm-hmm. And was still sick with tuberculosis when they got married and died shortly thereafter. That was very sad. That was very sad. Yeah. There were a lot of a lot of wives dying in this book. Yeah. Yeah. But Mary was at least <laughs> an illness and not by mm-hmm. someone Yes. Like doing some stuff. <laughs> yes. Um Yeah, and and to kind of I feel like this was more about the fair with kind of like Owen Holmes is kind of in the background, um, which is understandable because from the sounds of it, not a ton is known about Holmes. Right. Um, other than the fact that that's not actually his real name. No. It was Herman Webster Mudgett, which is a terrible name. I would have changed it yeah. to. Don't worry. Um, but while all of this deciding and like, what is it? Patriotic towards the city. Mm. City pride, I guess. Yeah. All of that's going on. Um, H.H. Holmes was arriving in Chicago at this point. Yeah. And um, he came from New Hampshire, I believe it was. I think so. At least that's where he got married. Um, yes. He married Clara Lovering on July 4th of 1878. And then he kind of like would his he would just increase his time away from home until he basically stopped coming home. Yeah. Did he murder her? Or is she the only so. one? I was going to say, I feel like she's the only one that got out. Yeah. Or because he just left. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he left and definitely married yeah. someone else before divorcing her. Although, and then like, his next wife, because I was going to ask you, I didn't see anything. The woman he marries in Chicago and has that kid with, I don't think he killed them. No, because they, the one with Pearl. No, no. Uh, the one before that, Lucy. Okay. Was that wait? Like he like they the very what was her name? Hold on. Mm. Yes, Murda. Okay. Murda Belknap. They have Lucy. And he moves her in with his, or she leaves and goes to her parents at one point, and then he moves her into a house away from the castle. That's right. And I think he just, like, leaves, like, when he runs away. But then he married more women after that in the, like, living in the castle and then killed them. Spoiler. Um, (laughs) But we don't, she, I think Murda also, is that how you say Murda? I think so. I was really kind of hoping um, that there would be like a list of his wives on Wikipedia and in mm. order because like, good God, let's see if I can Google it. There's so many of them. So it was Murda and then he said he would marry Julie or Julia, Julie, but doesn't. No, that one he killed. Yeah. And then there was Emmeline, 
and then Minnie. And okay, then yeah. Georgiana. Yeah. He stayed legally married to her, and Myrna was not killed. Yeah. And he just kind of kept her out of the way. But, like, Chicago's not that big. No city's that big, I guess. It's I just like. Don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so he arrives in Chicago and decides to um, kind of. I was going to say take up shop, but he mm. volunteers or takes a position. That's what I'm looking for. And a pharmacy um, where the owner is very sick with cancer. And he basically like tells the wife, like, you go take care of your husband. I'm going to I'll run the shop. He was a pharmacist. It was all supposed to be legit, which to be fair. I don't think anybody, like, I don't, I think he was actually, like, a doctor or pharmacist or something. Like, there's no. So. And, like, yeah. And then I think after the owner died, he made some arrangement with the wife. Yes. He um, and then, volunteered to run the shop completely. Yeah. And buy it off of her. But let was going to let her live above the shop. Right. But then people started asking about her because she just wasn't there anymore. And he was like, oh, she went to see relatives in California. And then, oh, she stayed there permanently. And none of you, she she didn't say goodbye to any of you. (laughs) I think they can only officially (laughs) trace nine people back to him dying. He apparently claimed to murder 27. um, And the book kind of still alive. Like, yeah, lying. So, and the book kind of speculates on all these people. And so it's not said that he murdered her, but it is very heavily implied that he probably killed oh, yeah. this woman. He killed her. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he could take over the shop. And the shop was thriving because apparently he was super charming and super so attractive. Handsome. And all the single women were just flocking around. Yes. They would come in and buy things that they didn't need just to be in the store. Because why not? Um, he accused his first wife of cheating. He wanted a divorce. Yeah, I think he was just being a dick. Because it was when he was going to yeah. marry Murda, he filed, I think it was then, he filed for a divorce, and those were the grounds, like, why he yeah. said it. Which is, like, the worst thing you could say about a woman at that time. Yeah. And then he, like, didn't pursue it, and it just, like... Disappeared? Lapsed. Like, you know, yeah. failure to follow through or whatever it's called yeah i mean seriously he looks like just familiar enough that i'm like either there's a guy that has played you or played there's either an actor that looks kind of like him he kind of reminds me of like young neville longbottom hmm like that kind of dopey yeah i could see that not saying that the actor looks anything like him i'm just like that's the vibe i'm getting um so then uh, we go into the kind of um, oh we the the fair is given an official date which is 1990, 1993 <laughs> yeah um, let's see there was a specific day May first nineteen ninety eighteen ninety three I'm gonna keep doing that um, and which was barely three years away. Actually, it may have yeah. only been two by the time that 
they officially decided. Yeah, because they also had to decide who was going to be in charge, and it took a while for Burnham to get named as that. It, like, it took forever for yes. shit to get done, and it was just like, oh, now you finally decided on who's in charge and where you're doing it. How are you doing this in two years? Right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, because Olmstead at one point was talking about how he had 26 months, or he thought he had 26 months mm-hmm. to kind of design the landscape and everything, and then found out he had even less time than that, and 26 months was even... Like, severely pushing it. And, yeah. Ugh. So, um, while they're kind of, all the architects are kind of running around trying to decide, like, what vibe we want. Where are we going to put that? That was the other big discussion of the book is, like, where the hell are we going to put this thing? Where in Chicago? Because every single district wanted it. Because they just all kind of expected it to make a lot of money. So everybody was going to come in for this. Um, and then we had Holmes, who, this was the time he probably killed his landlord and he met Ned um totally blanking on Ned's name oh my god I don't I don't think I have Ned's last name written down wait because first he Ned Connor yeah because he had already bought the land like before Summer of 1888 is when he bought the land across um, from the pharmacy at 63rd and Wallace, which is where the castle was, with plans to build basically retail shops on the first floor, apartments on the second and third. Um, And so what his plan to do, like basically to save some money and also so people wouldn't know what he was doing, he would hire workers and then he would yell at them for shitty work and then not pay them and they would quit because not going to work for free. And then he'd hire some new ones to continue on and would just, so progress was very slow, but he definitely was able to make that murder castle and not have anyone know what was going on. Yeah. He was like very tight lips and like didn't hire an architect to kind Mm -hmm. of design the place and was also stealing like furniture and cloth and things like that. So he could soundproof rooms and started like racking up the, the the debt collectors yes made that Um, kiln in his basement to burn things yes and then like hired someone to kind of talk with him and look at it to get it to be hotter and it's just like ask questions people yeah it's okay to be like why do you need this yes and then after the fact being like oh that's a weird shape for a kiln what are you gonna burn in there yeah And then, yeah, so Ned, I don't remember his last name, Julia, Ned Connor, Julia and Pearl come, family of three, and Ned's sister, Gertrude. Yes. Yeah, they come and they're there, they're staying there, and Ned's working the jewelry counter, and then all of a sudden Gertrude is like, I gotta get out of here, she leaves, basically, like it's a planned leaving, but she won't elaborate why, but she's like in tears about it. Um, Yeah, because... Um, Holmes was a bit flirty with her, mm-hmm. but at the same time, and Julia, <laughs> yeah, at the and same time, else. Ned never suspected Holmes at first, and yeah, yeah, yeah. had no like never thought that she he was the reason that she was leaving. Right, it was smart after, of her to leave. Yes, it was. Good job. After <laughs> she left, that's when he could focus. He focused more on Julia. Yeah. And that's also when Ned and Julia started fighting more. <laughs> They'd always fought. Like, the book makes that clear. But 
definitely intensified. Well, and then and they had also... Pearl. Um, yes. And then Ned moved out, moved across town, was like, either we work on this or I'm leaving. And she's like, bye-bye. Yeah. Um, Although before that, there's a part where Holmes tries to convince him to take out a life insurance policy to protect his family. Yes. And Ned says no. For a dollar. Even, for a dollar. He won't even pay the dollar. Um, but I was you really just need like, a dollar so bad, I'll just give you one. Right. <laughs> but Holmes is really on this life insurance shit. Like, I mean, it wasn't regulated. It was like you could buy a life insurance policy in like any state. And like you could make anybody the benefactor. And like you could take up life policies on people that without them knowing. Mm-hmm. Like that insurance was so unregulated and insane and i wouldn't be surprised if like it comes out more and more people were doing this and killing people oh yeah definitely but luckily ned said no um meanwhile we did say murda his holmes's i guess technically second wife first wife in chicago is in did we skip that part hold on Oh, yeah. So at one point, she gets really jealous of all the female customers before Ned and them come. And she ends up going to stay at her parents' house. Then her rich uncle, Jonathan, comes. And Holmes starts visiting more. And he's still very attentive with his daughter, with Lucy. And he gets Uncle Jonathan to give him a check for 2500 And then he forges a second check. Yes. Then... <laughs> When Uncle Jonathan comes back, he's giving him a tour of the castle and tries to convince him to go up to the roof with him. Yes. Which he said no, which was like, good job. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay to give in to these fears. Yeah. Yeah. If you're afraid of heights, don't go up to the roof with a strange guy. It's all good. Right. Totally understand. Yeah. So that's where Murta is. Murta is. Yes. She's she's in because he did buy another house. And put them up. And, and actually, she talks a lot. Of, there's a part where um, she talks about how attentive he always was to kids and how great he always was with kids and how c- kids always seem to really like him. Oof. Which I was just like, Jesus. Except for Pearl. Pearl didn't like him, I don't think. Yeah, no, Pearl didn't like him at all. Yeah. Um, so Ned and Julius, I don't know if they officially got a divorce, but they at least split up. No, they did. <laughs> They did. Oh, that's yeah. right. Because Julia had custody of Pearl, mm-hmm. and Ned tried to get it unsu- get custody unsuccessfully, um, which would have totally saved Pearl's Some lives. Life. Yeah. Um, or a life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Julia gets pregnant, mm-hmm. and um, so by the time she divorces Ned, she's like. Holmes had kept promising like that they'd get married mm-hmm. and you know start a family and blah, blah 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 and when she divorces Ned he kind of backs off on that um, and then she ends up pregnant and he's like okay I want you to get an abortion and we'll get married like definitely get married and spend some time as just like newlyweds and then we'll start our own family um, and then it's Christmas Eve, and there's you know she's with the neighbors setting up the tree and getting really excited for Pearl. And be apparently a Holmes surprise. had, yeah, and Holmes apparently had talked about all of these gifts that he got Pearl, and um, 
they he decides to do the abortion on Christmas Eve, which like why, honey? Why why? Mm mm. Mm Uh yeah. Yeah. So the family, it's a the the neighbors, it's Mr. and Mrs. Crow. They're the next morning, Christmas Day. They're waiting for Julia and Pearl, very excited. They don't come, so then they have to go to visit, I think, other family. And they leave a note, like, on the door, basically, like, we had to go, but come on in, you know, go ahead. And when they come back later that night, everything is as they left it, Mm -hmm. meaning no one had been in the house. And Holmes' excuse was that they actually went to, I think, Davenport to visit family earlier than they had planned to. Which is um, super suspicious when she was there the night before decorating. Not right. like, not saying like super suspicious of him because all this shit is suspicious. But like the fact that they were like, no, she was here last night. Like this tree set up for the kid. What do you mean she left early? Like right, the whole plan yeah. was come here Christmas morning. Yeah. Like that. And she, how sudden did they leave that they couldn't have said anything? Right. Yeah. Um, and we do find out later that. They found Pearl's skull or part of Pearl, like confirming for sure that he did kill Pearl. Um, whether or not he killed Julia with the abortion, or if like he even attempted an abortion, or none of that's ever really known. Yeah. He um, he also has his friend come over, Charles Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, Charles is really good about cleaning bones and reassembling the skeleton. So basically, Holmes gives him a body that had been cut open and it's not recognizable, I guess. He cleans it up, does the skeleton, and then Holmes ends up selling it to a medical school. Yeah. I mean, I get that this was the time of like grave robbers and like that cadavers were kind of in short supply I guess and all those other mm-hmm. things and like I get it that a lot of people got or a lot of medical schools got bodies and never really asked where they came from but oh boy mm-hmm. why yep yep and then I think the Mr. and Mrs. Crow keep asking about Julia so he ends up changing his not changing his story but elaborating on it saying that her sister is very ill and they are not coming back because yeah. they're going to stay there a lot of people that just kind of like randomly fall ill. That's mm. kind of sad. Yep. Um, and then this is also okay. This book is prom- predominantly about the World's Fair, but like what you need to know is that like it was difficult. But there are a lot of things that came out of this that like this kind of started, which one of them would be like they did things it advanced union rights indirectly mm-hmm. um not intentionally either mm-hmm. um and that like people from all over the country were coming to work on this and all over the world too like it was supplying so many jobs yes thousands yeah um and it was super dangerous work and mm-hmm. people um i can't i think there was like how many people died like a day kind of thing it was yeah. not safe it is not trying to romanticize at all like that this was a great time it sucked yeah not as many people at the beginning died it was like basically burnham he put some clause in contracts where he could basically 
I think, fire you if you weren't, like, performing yeah. up to a certain level. Um, and that if um, if he felt that a, a crew was not performing up to, like, as quickly as they should be, then he had the right to hire other workers, union or not. Right. Um, and it's, like, as crunch time was coming for that dedication day and the opening, he, like, definitely, like, acted on those powers. Yeah. It was insane. Graham's not a great dude. Like, he had lofty ambitions, and what he pulled off was cool in the end, but, like, what he did to get there, not necessarily great. Yeah. Um, um, and then, basically, like, while all of this is going on, Holmes is kind of still building up this... Um, castle and keeps changing aliases Mm -hmm. and um he then then there's um emmeline yep emmeline uh, emmeline yeah yeah emmeline's probably right huh um emmeline is probably right okay the one who works downstairs and she is friends with people who live in the building the lawrences and all of a sudden she stops visiting them where did she go? She went off. Wait, was she the one who'd gone off and get married? Yes. She's the one that suddenly got married, even though, yeah. like, she was getting really cozy with Holmes. Right. And then when, I think it was when she started pulling away that he was like, well, time to kill you. Probably. Yeah. But he even went so far as to show the neighbor a um, a wedding announcement, although she noticed it was typeset and not, like engraved or whatever the right word is right and like she was just basically like really this is what <laughs> emmeline would want no it's not <laughs> yeah and then it they made it sound like they could never find proof like proof that the guy she married actually existed right right um, and then after her is minnie oh she's the one who when they eventually go into the castle there's a footprint on the vault door on the inside, it's right. Emmeline's footprint. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, after her is Minnie. Minnie Williams. Yes. And he proposes to her. And interestingly enough, she has some land in Fort Worth, Texas that she She's also finds. the first one that's kind of described as, like, not necessarily attractive. Mm-hmm. Like, definitely someone who would have grown up with more of a complex about her looks. Mm-hmm. And yeah. thus found him even more charming Mm -hmm. and because it's a man that took notice at her Mm -hmm. not great yeah and he also is this the first one that he embellishes his backstory every time and it's like now he's claiming to own land and or like that he's a descendant of somebody in england and maybe owns land in germany at some point i think she was the one where he said that They'd get married, they'd honeymoon somewhere yes. in Europe and meet his father, the Lord, or something That's like it. That. Yeah. Oh, so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, well, that's happening. They're still working on the fair. The dedication day happened. Yeah. Um, but then it basically, like, seemed, I don't know if I have, I don't think I have the timeline fully correct on this, but it rained for, like, days on end leading yes. up to the actual opening <laughs> yes and it's also worth noting that they started hiring entertainments um 
be kind of associated with the fair, but not necessarily a part of the fair. Mm -hmm. And they like hired a young guy to do this who um, asked for the salary of the president of the United States, which I thought was ballsy. Yep. $50,000 a year, $1,000 a week. Um, This is where, um, oh, I just totally drew a blank on both of them. The Wild Wild West kind of caricatures. Oh, yeah. Uh, Annie Oakley and... Mm. Buffalo Bill? Buffalo Bill. I was like, I know it's Bill. Yeah. Um, who Buffalo Bill, like, made bank. Yes, because they didn't give him a concession or something to really be, like, fully part of the fair. So instead yeah. of, you like, how an amusement park would do it now where you have to pay to go into them first and then pay to go to that show... His entrance was separate and next door, and he kept all that money. Yes. And he also didn't need necessarily for the fair to be up and running. Right. Um, and there were also people that didn't realize that he wasn't the entire fair. Yes. <laughs> um, they also had different countries coming in to kind of set up their own little stations or mm-hmm. areas, I guess, would be more appropriate um, and man, we came up with a lot of racist shit because of this. Yep. Um, yes, we did. The snake charmer song that everybody mm. knows mm-hmm. uh, is because of this. Um, so interesting. Which, yeah, I had no idea. Um, th- this is also when the Pledge of Allegiance started. Uh, yeah. So now <laughs> if you ever are in an argument on the... Pledge of Allegiance being patriotic, you can tell someone that it's not even 150 years old and to shut up. <laughs> um, uh, I will say one of my favorite parts, which like, it caught me off guard. Um, it's still raining. It's before opening day. And so Burnham's family is like relatively close, but he like never gets to see them because he's working all the time. Mm-hmm. And he writes a letter to Margaret um, oh, she was out of the city, but due to be back for the opening. Um, and he writes, I'll be on the lookout for you, my dear girl. You must expect to give yourself up when you come. I was yes. like, God damn. I know. It was like, it's a little warm in here right now. It's like, okay, look at you missing your wife. Um, and then like the, the, the author, Eric Larson, he wrote for this buttoned up aged for Burnham. It was a letter that could have steamed itself open. I was like, yeah, I like went back yeah. and reread it <laughs> like at least two times, three times. <laughs> it was great. Um, and it also at some point in this time, George Washington Ferris yes. um, got involved mm-hmm. and it took me a long time. I don't know to put together Ferris will like, Oh, it's oh somebody's will. And not, I don't know. I just, I never thought about it. Even when, yeah. like, they said his name, I was like, okay, that's cool. And then blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, so that's why it's called a Ferris wheel. Okay. Yes. Yep. These I'm a terrifying things. Because they really wanted yes. something to top the Eiffel Tower. They needed to out Eiffel Eiffel. And all of the submissions were not as good, not great. Yeah. And then they just kept getting more and more ridiculous as time went on. Um, Eiffel actually sent in, like, he offered to submit, and it was basically just a bigger, Eiffel, just a bigger tower, bigger, same thing, which people, like, at least the people of Chicago were not happy. They didn't want them going outside of the country, at least, um, It had to be patriotic. Right. 
So he has this brilliant idea, this thing that he can like see and almost like touch like for this giant wheel. And that's what they, and like, it takes him three tries to get approval though. And fine. Then I was also like, you're not going to finish on time. Are you? And he doesn't that it, that the wheel is not ready. Um, right away. It is, um, 260 feet high. It had 36 cars and which could accommodate 40 people each. Which sounds crazy. Yeah. Considering now they're like, what at the most, maybe four people. Right. Oh, and also, um, I don't remember where my notes are about it, but when they actually go to test it, he's not there, but his wife is. So she gets in, a couple few other people get in as they test it. And all of a sudden, as it's going and they're like happy about it, it stops and they start to panic of how would we get down if it's stuck and it's not stuck. It's because people's just started like forcing yeah. their way, like just bystanders forcing their way onto the next car. And I was just like. This is not safe. No, not at all. <laughs> this it's is insane. so unsafe. <laughs> and what's what really kind of sucks is that like I don't know if it was his deal with the the World Fair or anything, but like the amount of money he made, like the I think the the fair ended up trying to like take most of it or something, and like he ended up in litigation and basically had to sell off his creation and died penniless which is just terrible like yeah i thought he sold it because he was losing money to be he did yeah but i think like uh the people of the fair like tried to take his money but yeah he did Mm. have to sell the thing and they talked about like exploding it and everything and i mean i I guess i am glad that this isn't still around but also it would be kind of cool yeah i mean it's not like I don't. I didn't write down the page number that's going to tell me what it was, but <laughs> it's not a cart that holds the four people. It's like sixty people in a box type yeah. of thing. It's a lot. Yeah. So it would it's not be like really you're cool sitting to down. <laughs> right. Right. And then like, and it was kind of the safest thing at this fair. Like, it was built to like withstand the winds, and even when like a major storm came through, then they're like watching all these other things get destroyed mm-hmm. um which by the way super traumatizing um it was just spinning around and perfectly fine yep and like the biggest test to it was when a guy kind of got uh claustrophobic and panicked and started like kind of banging into the walls and everything mm-hmm. and then it was like woman had to basically take off her skirt to calm him down mm-hmm. wrap it around that, his stupid head yeah. yeah that woman is a hero Yes. Um, who did Holmes murder next? Let's see. Edna? Oh, we had Minnie. Um, Anna. Her sister Anna. Minnie's sister oh, Anna right. comes. Minnie Anna. She's a little suspicious of Holmes. Also the transferring of the Fort Worth, Texas land to Holmes. So she comes to visit, but he shows her a great time. They all go to the fair together for like back-to-back days she keeps calling him brother harry because remember harry mm-hmm. not yeah um and then she he invites suspicious. oh no they were he... going to go to because he Europe. invites her to stay and so she writes a letter asking for her big trunk to be sent to her and then 
he she was a school teacher but also an artist and he was like looking through her art and talking about how great she was and all she needed to do was like go to Europe for a little while and just like explore and um and so they like basically were going to go from Chicago to New York or somewhere east and then overseas mm-hmm. um and then does not happen <laughs> prior to taking that trip he decides to give her a private tour of the hotel mm. Yeah. Slash castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this is, like, a brutal one because it talks about how he's, like, in his office and he's like, oh, can you go in there and get a file for me? And she does it and he slams the door and, like, listens to her scream for hours on end. Yeah. Super cool dude. Yeah. And then, after that's done, he turns around and goes to Minnie. Because yeah. she's expecting her sister and he kills her somehow too. And then all of a sudden he's giving away stuff. And some of the stuff is women's clothing. Um, I think it was a bag or something that had her initials on it or, you know, something. So. Yeah. And like her clothes and to, and like telling moms to like, hey, you should just like repurpose these for your kids. And. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Anna's bag gets, or, um, trunk gets delivered and he like pays someone to get it. And mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. And then not great dude. Nope. The next person he proposes to Georgiana Yoke, um, but tells her that he has to use the name Henry Mansfield Howard, I think, um, because that was part of his uncle's inheritance oh, agreement yeah. for something super Some weird i was just like bullshit oh my god why are you not questioning this like yeah yeah for some reason in my mind i thought i know that like the world fair and all of this was going on at the same time but in my mind either i had already made him so much older or like i just kind of pictured his going on for so much longer that i was starting to view him as like a creepy old dude but i think he only died at like the age of 35 or 36 um, but she marries him and like they were supposed to go to Texas. But I don't think she gets killed. Does she marry him? Yeah, well, at the uh, very I least she agrees as, to it. Yeah, I still had her as fiance at the time of his arrest. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, because he was getting ready to move on. The the creditors were all starting to circle a little bit more. Uh yes. he was not able to collect on a fire that he started. Um, $6,000. He set fire. Yeah. He set the fire in the top floor of right. the castle. And I think that maybe the insurance guy started to get suspicious and said, okay, we'll pay it. But the person it's for, Hiram S. Campbell, has to come in himself to collect this check or right. whatever. And he knew who Holmes was. Yeah. And then there's that meeting with the attorney or attorneys and the like 20 creditors which was Um, god men are occasionally just dumb yeah because like the attorney basically everyone's before this meeting everyone there is ready to tar and feather aj tomes and then when he comes in and he starts talking to them the attorney watches almost everyone like 
soften up and relax and like start to forgive him. And he suspects someone might have tipped him off during one of the breaks or whatever. Yeah. Because he then Holmes fled after that. Um, and then left Chicago as a whole to go to Texas. I think. Yes. But um, not before he takes out a $10,000 life insurance policy on his friend Benjamin. Is it Pitzel? Pitzel? Pitzel. Pitzel. And Pitzel goes with him, too. Yeah. Pitzel was a carpenter. Um, he had a criminal past. He kind of helped Holmes out occasionally with these. Um, there's also Minnie Williams. I can't remember if she actually died. We talked I about know. her. We did. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Minnie was the sister. Yeah. yeah. Is she the one that he kept accusing of stealing the kids? Pitzel's kids. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I was, for some reason I was thinking two different people. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically, so they, he leaves. Um, there we get a chapter which I thought was an interesting start to it is sort of told from the perspective of Detective Frank Geyer, who was hired to find the Pitzel children, Alice, Nellie, and Howard, mm-hmm. because basically Agent Holmes had been arrested because they thought that he committed insurance fraud, that he faked right. the death of Benjamin Pitzel to collect this money, and then it was all starting to point to, oh, maybe he really killed that guy. Right. But Which I they think also Holmes was telling them that he it was all fake that he was still yeah. alive. Yes, and then he but that the kids were last seen with him too with with right. Holmes and Pitzel. So, but in, he also said that the kids were traveling with a woman named Minnie Williams, and they were on their way to Pitzel, right. which was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, he like tried to make her out to be this like evil mastermind that was kidnapping the kids and had them in Europe and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and um, there were also at this time a lot of private detectives and um, PIs and family like trying to find people that had died or um, disappeared yeah I don't remember their last names but I think Emmeline's family yes. um Minnie and Aunt Emma, maybe. And then... I feel like I'm missing someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he also took Minnie and Anna to the fair. Um, yep. They went for several days and actually did the 4th of July experience, which sounded horrible. Like, that many people... So many people that you can't sit down to have a picnic sounds like one of the worst experiences that I could have. Um, this was not the same 4th of July where the fires happened, where the arsonists set fire to the seven greatest places. I think that was a year later. But then that means that there were two 4th of July. Yeah, there would have been two 4th of Julys. Um. Wait, what? The big fire that people were walking, watching from the Ferrisville. That wasn't on the 4th? That was on a different day? It was... Was there... Maybe I have my dates wrong. When was the fair? Oh, yeah, no, it closed in 1893. For some reason, I have 94 written down. Um, yeah, so the, the wheel was up and running, and mm-hmm. Burnham was no. getting worse and worse and worse. And so these 
union members were striking and getting frustrated and even more and ended up causing like this massive massive fire um it killed 12 firemen and three workers yeah because i think it started whatever floor it started on they were under it trying to take care of it and then somehow another fire or the fire was like underneath them right so um there's also i mean which all this bad shit happened but like they figured out some water purification stuff because of this um this fire could have been so much worse like they had already had at least some fire safety precaution stuff in place the description worse of chicago and the water in the streets like animals dying in the street and just being left there or then pushed into the water which was a drinking or source of drinking water mm-hmm. and burnham was like no we're gonna like go out outside to get some fresh water which yes please but like the description of <laughs> i think was that they tried to get the water to flow another way and flow out but then it would yes. rain or something and it would flow back and there would be like dead animals floating yeah. and like back yeah insane yeah i have never been someone that's like man let's travel to the past where sanitation's not a thing no thank you yeah i'm so good i'm so good um so holmes ends up in jail because of all this fraud yep and yeah, like that's what they caught him the- on the fraud what they thought was the fraudulent um what was i gonna say the fraudulent like scheme to collect on that um yes the life, life insurance. insurance for benjamin when actually yes he killed benjamin right so he didn't um, commit fraud in that sense but he did murder him <laughs> uh benjamin had five kids um at he, least yes and he took the oldest so he told the wife essentially that like this was a scam right. and that he was taking the oldest to go be with dad. And she had to do the body identification. Yes. They like hid most of the body Which, except for what his mouth or something. Or yeah. It was like his teeth. And I'm like, how well do I know my father's teeth? I, I don't know. No. <laughs> like, No. Yeah, it's but not, the idea yeah. was to save her from seeing the rest, which, okay, yes. I appreciate that, sure. Right. Um, and then he kind of, he collects three kids, at least. Um, yes, and because like, after that, he convinces Carrie, um, the widow, or she thinks she's not a widow at that, because she thinks it's fake. Um, she said he basically convinces her to let him take Nellie and Howard as well to Ben, because he misses his kids so much. So he wants to take mm-hmm. these three kids to see Benjamin. And eventually we'll come and get everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then the oldest thankfully wrote all these letters that never got mailed. Mm-hmm. So I think Nellie might have written some too. Yes. But Holmes um, held on to them. And kept them in a box that the mm-hmm. detective found and was able to kind of trace his path. And they went like all over the Midwest basically. And he was able to finally, like he got it down pat to where like he could enter a new city. Here's our starting point. And here we go. 
kind of thing. Yeah, and also, though, when, because this detective did a lot of legwork, he found that there were a couple of times at least where the, him and the kids would be in one hotel in, in this town, and then same town, 10 minutes away, uh, his fiance was and didn't yeah. know. Or then another time when it was them, the fiance, and then also Carrie, the mom yes. of these children and her other two children. That was like, the most heartbreaking. Yeah. Was this thought of like the oldest daughter being like, I need my winter coats. We're freezing. And I miss you. And yes. we haven't got any letters from you. You know, why haven't you written back? Yeah. We have nothing to pass the time. I wish the baby was here. And it's like, I think they were literally like two or three blocks from each other. At least one time. And that the detective kind of thought it was basically just a game for Holmes. Yeah. Like, he was in control of all of these, like, pieces on his, like, chessboard and was going to put them wherever. Ugh, he just wanted to torment people. Yes. Um, so, he convinced the prison to give him newspapers. Oh. So, he was keeping up with everything. This part drove um, me crazy. Yeah. Switching back to the fair um, at this point. Um, so the fair started off kind of as like a financial. I was about to say financial success, but that is not what it was. Um, they expected like hundreds. Uh, I don't remember what the actual average was, but I think like the first few weeks it was like 30,000 people. And I was like, that's not bad, but it was like basically they're hit a point where it was like, we have to do over a hundred thousand people or we're not going to even break even. Yep. And, and then suddenly they were doing it. And that's when I wrote the note that I was like, um, <laughs> how did they make this happen? Yeah. It's a little weird that this suddenly turned around because behind all of this, like wall street's panicking. Um, there's talk of like all these businessmen committing suicide because things were yes. shit. And like the railroad company was having issues and um, and it wasn't just America, like Europe was having major issues mm-hmm. too. And yet they were able to, I think there was one day that had over 700,000 people. And that is just how. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I it, just, I don't know. But, and then also to towards the end of the fair attendance was picking up even more because I'm sure people were like oh my god I, we've only got a couple weeks left or a month yeah. left we gotta go um, so yeah that definitely inflated it at the end there yeah. it's it's open for such a short time mm-hmm. like it was only May to October which, which for all that work yeah and money that went into this like Five months, six months, whatever that is. Yeah. Like, that's not a lot of time. Not at all. Um, and then, so the mayor, during all of this, ran for re-election. And there was a guy whose name I have somewhere. Prendergast. I didn't write down his first name, though. Thank you. Um, so the mayor was Carter Harrison. He was assassinated by Patrick, uh, Patrick. Prendergast, who, in his own house. In his own house, um, Patrick was definitely mentally disturbed. Um, he was an Irish-born American, and for 
like, I'll be honest, I wasn't paying attention to his story in the beginning because I was like, okay, it's another guy that's like working on the fair. And then at some point it started talking about how he kept sending all of these postcards. So I missed like the part where he perceived that he was promised an appointment for um, if the mayor got reelected. I read that like he made that up to himself, you know, like he never spoke to the mayor that I remember seeing. And the mayor said, this is what I'll do. It was more, I'm doing all of these things to help you. And I deserve to be rewarded because that's okay. what happens. And I should get this position. Yeah. I, is what I, I think. Yeah. I, okay. That's kind of what I took it from it too. But I was like, maybe I missed a point where like, maybe the mayor got up in front of people and yeah. made some kind of, you know, election campaign promise. And he took it wrong. But um, yeah. so he wanted a he was like expecting a prominent position in his campaign and even like went in to like kind of meet the people that he would be working and like the guy who had the current position was like hey i'm gonna be taking this position um corporation council i think yeah and they kind of humored him and that was the points that he realized that he wasn't going to get this and like he had done all this work and sent all these postcards and so he bought a gun and a 38 revolver and filled it five of the chambers because it was notorious for going off Mm -hmm. um and killed harrison in his house and apparently harrison died annoyed because (laughs) he so like I was shot above the heart and his neighbor was like, no, you weren't. Yeah. He's like, yes, I was. <laughs> and like, then you're he, not dying. I, yeah. yeah, I am. <laughs> um, yeah. And because of this, they had like this big kind of Columbus reenactment that was going to happen that got canceled. Yeah, because it was uh, the there were supposed to be closing day ceremonies, a speech from the mayor. And then I did like how it pointed out that for Burnham the whole process essentially just like just after it started so really we'll say while it would like during the start john root died so it begins with a death for mm-hmm. him and then it also ends with another death for him so the mayor was also like pushing 70 if i remember correctly like he was not he thinks we yes. lived like enough of a life like right right um but yeah, he, the, this was all kind of the start of like, hey, all these people that were all about getting this fair up and running are starting to die. Yeah. Wait, did we um, see what happens to Holmes? No, I kind of went back oh, okay. to kind of wrap up the fair a little bit. Okay. And now let's go back to Holmes. So <laughs> he's in prison. Yes. Um, the detective is probably in Toronto at this point. I don't know. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, Toronto is where he did find the girls' bodies. Yes, and that buried in a basement. Oh, uh, not the boy though. The Hudson, um, Howard. Right, Howard. Yeah, because looking at the letters, Alice is it Alice. Yeah, Alice. There's one that she writes to her mom, where she says Howard is no longer with us, which it's like, okay. What do you mean so by that? Det- <laughs> right. The detective, after finding those two, he's like. I still need to find this little boy. Mom identifies the girls, but she is still holding on to hope that she will 
find yeah. or they will find Howard and alive. And unfortunately, right. they do not. They find his remains. Yeah, and um, they like he had packed him in so tight that not all of his body could burn. Right. Um, and also a toy that his kid had or his dad had gotten him from the World Fair. Mm-hmm. That was like his favorite thing. And yeah. even after this, like, Holmes still insisted that uh, Minnie Williams had done it. Yes. With <sighs> the help of uh, Hatch. Was yep. Oh, just some and, dude he made up, which was just like, yeah. oh, my God. Because, like, the other thing was when the story actually broke, they put it in the newspaper and then gave him a newspaper. So, yeah. like, the detective couldn't even, like, be like, and surprise, you know? Right. To try to jar something out of him. Instead, he had time to prepare. And then he still didn't actually speak much of anything at all. And then when he did, it was just to say that he's so surprised Minnie would do this. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, he also started writing his own biography. And was, like, pushing to get it published and, like, what a narcissistic asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But it does get out there. Before his death. Um, I was bummed that there's not more about this court case. Like, there's yeah. all about all this stuff. And then it was like, and he was convicted. And I was like, okay. Right. And then all of a sudden he was hanged. Yeah. <laughs> Hung, but hanged. It yeah. also sounds like a lot of the papers were burned or destroyed and like they didn't really want much about the court case getting out. Yeah. Um, I did think it was interesting that he got to make requests. Like he was buried Yeah. in the request that he made, which was um, fill his coffin with cement and then put him in it and then dig a double grave and put cement in that and then put my coffin in that. Yeah. Okay. Like, I just, I guess I was surprised that they actually followed through on yeah. those instructions, which was like, hi, you're a crazy killer, and I gotta do my best to make sure you're happy with how we're, yeah. what we're gonna do with your remains after, I don't know. He, uh, he just didn't want to be dissected, or his body yeah. stolen. I know. Um, but like, I mean, it, and then on top of that. His neck didn't snap, so it was like, oh, God, so gross. Yeah. But also, that's fine. You don't deserve a quick death. Right, exactly. Um, apparently in 2017, amid allegations Holmes had in fact escaped execution, Holmes's body was exhumed for testing. Due to his coffin being contained in cement, his body was not found to have decomposed normally. His clothes were almost perfe- perfectly preserved, and his mustache was found to be intact. The, pos- was posit- the body was positively identified as being Holmes with his teeth, and then he was reburied. So Holmes had died, because after all this, there was all this lore that like he was possessed or had sold his soul to yeah. Satan, or was actually the devil, and given that, like, I think everybody involved in the court case died or had mysterious things happen to them. There was a lot of like, I guess it's kind of a good thing. It wasn't during the satanic panic because, Oh boy, this could have gone so much worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did Frank Geyer die? I mean, obviously he died. I yeah, hope he didn't. I don't know if we got a blurb about him. 
we got to blurb about Burnham and how he like actually didn't do super well after the fair for a very long time. Um, we got Saul Bloom. I yeah, nobody I mean, involved in the fair did okay afterwards. Yeah. Except for the one exception is um, Buffalo Bill did fine. Eventually lost like all of his money, but like didn't care. He was like, I've lived a damn good life and that is fine. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, apparently there were claims that Guy or Stanley died in a fire because of uh, mm. uh, investigating H.H. Holmes, but it was uh, not true. No. Um, and he died in 1918 and his wife oh, wow. and daughter lived longer past that. Mm. So. Okay. Yeah. Which is very good. Yes. Um, and then the book kind of ends with the discussion of like how this world fair has influenced us. We still have a lot of products that came to be because of the fair, like shredded wheats, um, yes. Paps blue ribbon beer. Ugh. Um, oh, yes, no, yeah. <laughs> I don't enjoy that one. Um, the Ferris wheel, obviously it inspired Disney It inspired, um, the guy who wrote Wizard of Oz and it inspired um, several different designers and like basically a lot of the architecture we have post this is because of it to either the good or the ill. Mm -hmm. um, the Flatiron building came out and like Burnham for all the, sh the bad shit that he did. I mean, he did a lot of like, he was terrible when it came to workers, but he did a lot of, um, uh, pro bono work afterwards and like helped design several buildings from the sounds of it, uh, including the Flatiron building. Yes. And which uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it was called that because of what it looked like. And I feel yeah. like that might have annoyed him, but that might have just been me. The Fuller building was originally Fuller. Yes. Um, yeah. No, Burnham was, if it didn't go his way, he was annoyed. Yeah. And it also, like, apparently annoyed him if anybody else got praise about the fair because he was like, I did all right. of this. All of you did right. this because of me. And it's like, okay, dude, take a step back. Okay. Share a little bit of the credit yeah. for this gigantic fair. Exactly. Like. Um, and then there's also talk of, like, as this fair wound down, there were a lot of people out of work. And not just because the fair was done, like, the economy was not good. Um but yeah, like suddenly you have all these thousands of workers that came into Chicago out of work. Um, not great. Right. Cause one thing the book does point out is that when they also came out, it was going to winter was going to be starting. Like and yeah. how do you keep yourself warm? If you don't have a shelter, like, you know, a roof over your head, money. I, I don't know. Um, so yeah. That's kind of um, the way that that kind of how it ends. Um, Holmes is known as our first serial killer. Uh, I think that's all I got. There's a call to he makes a comment about in cold blood and I just had to roll my eyes because in cold blood is like so much like it's come out that true Truman Capone made up so much of that. So, so yeah, that's all I got. Do you have a book drink? Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess the obvious meal to have with this is some shredded wheat with a Pabst. Yeah. 
blue ribbon. Or like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we also have Columbus Day because of this. <sighs> right. Which I don't get off work, so it's fine. We did, but I was like, I gotta start referring this to Indigenous People Day instead of yes. I'm off for Columbus Day. Yes. I gotta start remembering to do that because I just was like, I agree. I think that is a much better uh, way. And thank God nobody tried to. At least I don't know. 1993, I would have been six, so I don't mm-hmm. remember if they did anything for Columbus 500th. Or if we had finally recognized it at that point that maybe we shouldn't be celebrating this. I feel like this is this. I don't think I've. I don't know that I've had Columbus Day off at work until this job. Definitely not my last two. Maybe the one before that, but yeah. Yeah, I don't. But I do have friends that got married on it. Because it's not mm-hmm. a set day, it's just a Monday. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> Trying to see if they did anything in 1993, and it doesn't look like they did. That would have been 500 years. Um, All right. So before we discuss what we're reading next, what are you going to read between the podcast? All right. I think... Let me open this back up. I was trying to decide what would be a good book on the train, and I have quite a few audiobooks that are taking up no extra space in a backpack. So I'm going to go with Eloquent Rage, A Black Feminist Discovers Her Superpower by Brittany Cooper. Oh, very nice. audiobook forever. <laughs> very good. Yeah. Always a fan of audiobooks. I am going to read We Met in December by Rosie Curtis and go ahead and get one of my winter romances out of the way because we will be post-Halloween. I, I don't have the highest of hopes for it, but hey, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> There's a lot about, like, Christmas romances that make me such a curmudgeon and I'm sorry but I also can't quit them (laughs) okay so next for the podcast we are doing a play or drama Uh, and because of that uh, I don't know how much background you have with plays dramas or anything Uh, I don't have much not a lot yeah (laughs) I took a couple of, like, renaissance drama classes to study things that weren't Shakespeare, but that's about my experience. So I asked a co-host of Minds at York, Alex, uh, who works on plays and musicals as a job, actually, at this point. Uh, It's not his only one, but he does it quite a bit. Uh, If he had any recommendations of plays that would not make us depressed or be very intense basically no spring awakening uh so he will be coming on next episode to talk about the moors with us by jen silverman um which we have been promised is not super intense but should be fun (laughs) yeah it's good i think for us to try to alternate intense not as intense intense not as intense very much so yeah so join us in two weeks and until then please keep supporting your local libraries 